I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you been thinking it's time to call it quits in your relationship, but maybe you're wondering if you're quitting too soon or wanting to leave for the wrong reason? It can be hard to know when a relationship should be over. So today I'll be sharing the top five signs that a relationship or yours might be over. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. You know who I am, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And uh, wow, you know, I have, I've had a lot of you write in asking this question in different ways. How do I know my relationship is over? Uh, I'm worried I'm quitting too soon. What, what should I, you know, what are the real things to look for? That kind of thing. And so as much as, you know, it's not my jam to talk about what's not working, <laughs> uh, and to instead focus on what is, it is, I think it's important. Enough of you've been asking, I want to answer the question. And, you know, before we jump in too far, I really want to say that having any one of these signs for a short period of time isn't a signal to break up. And in that same way, maybe you have one of these signs, but none of the others again, might not be a signal that it's time to look for a new place to live. So as with all things, it's up to you to see which of these signs is a deal breaker for you. And if it is, what do you want to do about it? Just because, you know, something's a deal breaker, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave today. It is, these are things that I have just seen, you know, when I'm working with people that when I see them in the very beginning, um, sometimes I even tell couples, I, you know, I, I just don't think couples is what's right for you. I want to send you to individual therapy or something else. 
Um, because I, I, you know, ethically, I really don't think I can help them. I, I think they're sort of past the point of help. That is rare. Uh, I, I think when people are willing to go to therapy, it, they're usually not completely done. Um, but these are the things I, in my, again, 40 years of ex- almost 40 years of experience that I can see that get people into trouble. And I also want to say that some people stay in relationships despite these things because of like, you might see them all and go, yep, those are all me, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not judging you. You know, that is not my job here. That's not what I'm doing. You might be staying because of finances, kids, uh, any other number of factors. And uh, again, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to get real with you. I am here to discuss these signs so you can have a more honest and real perspective on your relationship. And if you are choosing to stay, I have a million uh, different podcast, you know, episodes for you about the things you can do to find peace and harmony, even if this this there's a lot of yuckiness going on. It's always your job to keep your side of the street clean and not to get pulled in to you know, these other issues. And this will all be covered in my brand new book coming out, Boundaries Made Easy, uh, which will, I think you're going to be listening to this podcast in the beginning of November. It should be out towards the middle end of November. Very, very, very latest will be the beginning of December. Um, it's soon. It's It should be very soon from the time. I can't, we don't always know a launch date that far ahead, but of when I record these, but um you know, I'll keep you posted. And I, you know, you probably want to read a book about boundaries at that point for sure, uh, so that you can have appropriate boundaries and find happiness. Uh, despite whatever kind of crazy, you know, relationship or unhealthiness you might be living in, yes, you can still have peace. So I cover that there. But, uh, you know, Again, it's always up to you to decide what to do. There's, you know, I'm sure you listen to people and they go, oh, you have to leave then. You know, that's there. You got to go. I am, I'm not really that person besides when there's obviously violence and there's some clear deal breakers for me when I talk to my clients. Um, and I often encourage clients, you know, for me, it's more about the conversation. Why are you there? when things are so bad, like talk to me more about that. Let me understand where you're coming from. So that's always the work there. Um, I'd also like to highly, highly recommend seeing a trained therapist of some kind before making any final decisions. Even if you went to someone for like three sessions, just to talk about the, you know, here's what is, let me hear. I've I've met with people sometimes very briefly just to get through a decision point. You can do that. You'll find a coach. I don't know, some, but just someone who's trained. It can be very hard on our own to, you know, suss all this out. And my hope with giving you this perspective is that you'll be proactive in some way. If you see these signs in your relationship and know that you can make changes to make your life and maybe even your relationship better. So, you know, even though we're going to do this, I I always think that there's ways, there's always ways for your life to be better, period, end up. Whether the relationship itself, uh, it, it can be better too, because it's not about them changing, it's about you changing. And so, and you know me on this podcast, that's what I talk about, your responsibility, what are you doing? Okay, so here are my top five signs 
that a relationship might be over, okay? Might be over. Sign number one is contempt. And uh, John Gottman, you know, famous marriage researcher I speak about a lot on the show, has described, you've likely heard of it, uh, he describes what he calls the four horsemen. And uh, there's four things he says are like the death knell for relationships. And these, uh, this is, uh, I got to remember them all now. Uh, Criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, and contempt. So those are the four things he says are kind of the death knell of relationships. And, but his studies have shown that of those four, contempt is the biggie. And that is the most is the greatest predictor of divorce. And contempt, I want to get really clear on what that is. It shows up as, you know, disgust, eye-rolling, ridiculing, dismissal, any of those things. And again, you know, obviously all four of those things would be bad to have. And I'm not going to, actually, my five, this is the only one of those four. Uh, But what I hope is that every, right now as you're listening to me, you will see, I hope, contempt as a deal breaker. What are you doing in a relationship where you feel, maybe you feel it, maybe you feel overwhelmingly annoyed by this person and feel constant resentment and disgust? Again, I'm not talking about an occasional resentment or frustration with our partners. Obviously, (laughs) we'd all all be done. Um, I'm talking about something deeper. Uh, With contempt, I really want to make sure I describe this well because it's important. Um, there's a, there's a feeling that the other per- person is, is like worthless, like they're beneath you. And because of that, there's a complete disregard for the other person's, their feeling or feelings or really, you know, their humanity in general. There's again, this kind of feeling of disgust when the other person, uh, enters the room or attempts to have a conversation with you, uh, now, okay, so now this might be happening to you, right? I, you know, when I talk about these signs, maybe you're the one who feels this way about your partner, or maybe your partner's doing this to you. Maybe they ridic- ridicule you in front of others, um, roll their eyes when you're trying to make a point, or maybe even tell you to shut up when, if you tell them, you know, hey, there's something you did I don't like, you know, or something, you know, trying to have a conversation. There's just a quality of, open disrespect in the relationship. And let me be clear again, that is different. Open disrespect is different. Sometimes uh, people define things a certain way. They'll say to me, oh, he's disrespecting me. He, you know, he left his sock on the floor. He's disrespecting me. She knew I was going to be upset when she said that. Um, You know, she doesn't respect my work. You know, she's telling me I have to be home by six o'clock. And, um, you know, she knows I have to work later, so she doesn't respect it. That's not open disrespect. That is people assigning meaning to something their partner is doing. Um, so, and I, I, I know this can sound a little confusing. I just want to be very clear. Open disrespect is, you know, we're out with friends and I say to one of the people about my partner, um, Oh my God, he's such an idiot, isn't he? You know, that's open disrespect. Um, you know, you you walk in a room at home, or the person just says to you, I'm not cleaning up after myself. That's what you're for. 
You know, that's open disrespect. That's clear. When it's something that they're doing that you're deciding means something, it's a little different. Okay. So I don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole, but I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping you get work. I hope you're picking up when I'm laying down. Okay. And I will say when I see contempt in a relationship, it is very difficult to move past it. It really signifies a time in the relationship where there's no longer respect, kindness, or care. And without those things, it's hard to find the motivation to make changes, which is why I think it is such, you know, Gottman's research has shown that it's such a kind of death knell for the relationship. Because think about it, when that's there, where's the motivation to change it? Where's the motivation that there could be something better or that there's something aspirational to the relationship that you want to get to? Okay. So that's number one. Sign number two is disrespecting values. So this is, again, these are no particular order, but this is another sign um, is when one partner doesn't respect the other's values. If Now, if you're in the very beginning of a relationship and you're seeing that your values don't align, uh, I would lovingly tell you to run, not walk away. <laughs> I don't understand for the life of me why people, I, I don't get it. I really don't. This idea that love is all we need is such bullshit and crazy talk. And it's from the friggin' movies. And it is not, no, love is not all you need. You you do need aligned values. You need things that you both find very important. My, um, what our, our little guilty pleasure in my house is watching 90 Day Fiance with my kids, okay? Gary does not watch the stuff, but me and McCartney or Max and I will sit down and we will watch some 90 day, right? And what always amazes me is that, so if people don't know this show, it's basically, it's like a reality show. I don't know how much reality there is, but um, with couples from another country, with you know, two couples from two different countries getting together is basically what it is and and what that means. And it's often someone here in Amer- in the United States um, dating someone from outside the United States. That's generally what it means. And, uh, what I find unbelievable. So we just went back and started, I've never seen it. So we were going back to watch like the first season or the second season. And on it, there's this woman who is dating this guy. I don't even know. I think he lives in Marrakesh or somewhere, but anyway, he's Muslim and she's very not and it's just amazing to me, you know, people don't under, don't understand the culture, don't research it before you go to a country, and this happens a lot, you know, don't research a culture before you visit another country. It's unbelievable to me. But, you know, this whole like falling in love process, when there's some very significant different values, and sure enough, as she's in the country, his country, spending time with him, she doesn't understand that they can't kiss in public or can I just do this? Or can, she's always pushing the boundary. Why can't we sleep together? You know, where they got engaged. So she's saying like, can't, now that we're engaged, ask your aunt if we can sleep together in your house, that kind of stuff. And it's like, she just doesn't get it. You know, she just doesn't get it. And he doesn't even want to ask. And of course she's pushing like, well, you don't know unless you ask. It's like, it's disrespectful to ask, you know, but she doesn't get the values are so incredibly different. I know it's shocking here. They, they didn't work out. Um, but, you know, even to get that far in on either side, what are you doing? But, you know, you think this person and ooh, we connect and it's so great. But the different values is a very big problem. 
So if you see them in that big way up front, I, and I did do an episode on, and I'll link to it in the show notes on, um, if you have different spiritual beliefs, that is a little different to me. And, and, uh, because there are ways to bridge different spiritual beliefs. I know I just used that example, but the problem was that they weren't trying to bridge them. Like there just was total ignorance. Um, and you're not trying to draw a bridge anyway. And, they're both very young. And so I think there was a lot of immaturity in relationships there. But uh, I say with love, you know, it just is what it is. How so anyway, I will I will say that I'm not if you have different religious, but there's a lot of other values that can also be at play. Um, One of the big ones I see with couples is uh, one person wants to send in the couple wants to send their kids to private school, and the other person wants to send them to public school because they believe in public school. Uh, here in the United States, one person's a Republican, one person's a Democrat, and they think that's going to work out over time. One per- like very significant values that are very difficult to bridge. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it that can't. Sure, there's people I'm sure listening right now who have a different political affiliation than their partner, and they're like, "Oh, we're fine." That's rare, um, and it's not something I would personally count on in a relationship. So, but you might be years deep in a relationship and more recently noticed that values have changed. And I've seen this happen a lot. You know, um, I've seen, oh, I'm thinking of a couple right now where one person in the couple started making a lot of money and suddenly work became the most important thing when it wasn't that way originally when they were first, they met in college. So it's very different. Yes, you know, uh, it's the woman who suddenly work became everything. You know, yeah, she was always a good student and always a bit of a type A, but you, you know, and you're together and you have those first jobs, but it's just the two of you and, you know, you're making it work and all that. And then she started to get real success at work beyond what I think she ever thought she could. And getting more money than she, I think she ever thought she could. And suddenly work was usurping everything. And more important than going out. And now she wanted to dress the part at work. You know, she's at work and people care more about what the kind of job she had. People care more about what designer bag they're carrying and those kind of things. And he was just left out going, what is going on? Like, who are you? But they'd been together at that point for about nine, eight years, something like that. And maybe nine years. And, you know, married and about to have kids, like ready to have kids. And all this stuff was coming up. So, um, you know, or maybe your partner, I've had this as kind of a social climber or someone who's more interested in material things than they were again, initially, a lot of times when changes happen, we change jobs or we get a different one or we have kids or we move away from our parents or whatever, we start to change and that's just humans, right? Um, or the religion thing comes up. Maybe neither of you was very interested in religion, but now that you have children one person's becoming more religious. I think I've shared before on the podcast that my sister, this happened to her, you know, Jewish. She married a non-Jewish guy. She did not care a whit about Judaism when they got married. There was, matter of fact, she was whole hog into his Christmas thing and all that. And then she had kids and I mean changed on a dime, on a dime. She suddenly became very from, we say, like very kind of religious and was going to temple every Friday and wanted to, you know, a sukkah in the backyard and and to celebrate every Jewish holiday and to have her kids bar and bat mitzvah. And to, I mean, they went to Hebrew school and I mean, all of it, like not just, you know, dabbling. 
And thank God her husband was, he was fine with it. He went, matter of fact, he built the sukkah in the backyard. He was amazing. I went to temple with them, did all kinds of stuff. He didn't convert, but he really embraced all of the Judaism and my, my sister's love of it. But you can see how that could have easily broken up a relationship. That's a big deal. And you can't predict that stuff. I hear people say, well, you should have discussed it before you got married. People discuss a lot. Of, they did. They discussed it. And, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel later or how you're going to grow and what's going to be more important to you as you age. You just can't predict it all. You can say some of it. Of course, you need to ask some questions and make deals and do all that. You have to. But you also have to understand people grow and change. So, you know, their values may be changed. You might have, uh, God, how much cheating is in relationships? You know, you're, you, when you go under the, you know, chuppah or, you know, in the, you're at the church or the altar or whatever, you know, you make these vows and then, you know, years later, someone gets bored in the relationship or whatever happens, or they're not having sex anymore and they go out and have sex with someone else. Well, that's a value change. That's a value change, you know, that, so what, you know, where are we going to draw the line? Give me a break. It's like things happen. People change and grow, and over the you know the years of a relationship. So, and again, values are one of those that might too. So, the issue, of course, is when one person's values change and the other person's don't. And when one person doesn't respect the other's values, you end up without a share, shared idea, really, of how to make decisions. Uh, come, you know, establish long term goals, and these are huge issues in any relationship. You know, there's no support for one another's goals when you don't have the same values or what's important to the other person. You don't support it. You don't give it the the time and attention. You don't ask those great, important questions. And possibly you even have disdain about what the other person finds important now. And that's that's the problem. So having different values or they change over time and not finding a way to talk about it in a healthy way um, is a real problem. And I know sometimes people... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Just are like disgusted with the way someone else shows up after a time. They, they, you know, sometimes people feel more power as they're become better in their jobs and other things. And maybe they start treating the waiter at the restaurant kind of shitty, you know, and that you can really be the other person going, I don't like this person. Like this is gross. And so you see, like those are value shifts. All of those things are value shifts. 
Sign number three is when there's no team. And this is the one I talk about the most. I mean, since episode one of this podcast, I've been talking about this. When there's no team, there's no trust. And when there's no trust, there's no vulnerability. And without vulnerability, there's no true emotional connection. There's no true intimacy. So if all these things are absent, I'm not sure you've got a romantic relationship or a partnership at all. And again, I speak a lot about the issues of, you know, keeping score, setting yourself up on opposite sides. When you're not on the same team, you end up competing. You're competing for resources, you know, money, time. And we all know that if you're competing with your partner, you want to win and you want the other person to lose. You want what's yours. You know, you're always thinking of what's fair. Uh, You're always keeping score. Well, you know, you spent money on this, so I get to spend money on this. And uh, everything's so even. You're dividing everything evenly. And, oh, you want to spend $500 a month on clothes? Then I get to spend $500 a month on clothes, even though you don't care about clothes. It's like, what are you doing? You know, all this evenness and and, and your side and my side and exactly equal and all that. First of all, it's bullshit. You can never have it in a relationship. It doesn't work that way. And second, again, you're setting yourself on opposite sides. And as soon as, you know, what competition is for sports and in sports, there's a winner and a loser. And that idea will absolutely positively undermine everything in your relationship. That is to me, to me, the biggest of problems. And you end up, you don't celebrate each other's wins, right? If we're competing all the time, and uh, the example I give a lot is a couple I had this a while ago now, but um, in the session, he he was, sh- it wasn't, or was it her? No, it was him. No, it was her sharing <laughs> that um, she she had gotten a promotion. Actually, this has happened the other way too, now that I think about it. It's probably why I was mixed up. But I'm thinking of this one couple right now. She had gotten a promotion. She was going to be traveling a lot for work, though, you know, and she was going to, uh, God, she, they, she was going to be head of this like European branch of something. And so she was going to be in Europe a lot and, you know, uh, really cool. And, and her husband's response was, great, now I'll be stuck at home taking care of the kids while you're off having fun in, in London. And that's competition. That's not a team. You know, the team answer is, oh my God, this is like, there's abundance in our relationship. That's great. Like good things are happening to you. That means more happiness in the relationship. That means, you know, so how do we problem solve that? Because I don't actually, you know, I still have to work too. So let's figure that out. You know, what resources do we want to bring in to make sure that we're both, that the kids are taken care of and that we're both excited about our work and that neither of us feels drained? You know, how are we going to do that? That's the only answer to that. Not this, oh, great for you. Now I'm stuck. Because again, you're seeing a pie and your your partnership is a pie. And if you have more pieces of the pie, I have less. That's not teamwork. You are a shared battery with your partner. That is the only thing you are. And if your partner's drained, you're drained. And that's how it works. So, you know, jealousy when good things happen is terrible. I can't think of too many worse things. Um, You know, God forbid it gets really bad and you take pleasure in your partner, you know, being, I had this not long ago where uh, it was a woman with her fiance. She, he had not gotten a promotion and she, and she said, I only saw her, but she said, um, yeah, he needs to be taken down a few pegs. That's, it's, it's better that he gets it, that he has to work a little harder. It was coming too easily. 
And I thought, one in think, I said it to her. I was like, oh my God, what a horrible thing to say about your partner. This is terrible. You know, enjoying their pain, not cool. And again, that was coming from her low self-esteem. You know, if her partner, if her fiance is doing better and better and jumping up, you know, if you have low self-esteem, you're going to think, well, why does this person want to be with me now? That's what happened. That's why that hurts. So it's your own feelings of loss. And you're so focused on that, you're not focused on the happiness of the partnership. And that's a problem because, you know, him doing better uh, at work is wonderful and he's going to be happier. Maybe there's more money available in the couple now. Maybe there's more, maybe there's more opportunities for her and her work. I don't know, you know, but we, we have to, you know, we can't be unhappy when our partners have good things happen. So I've seen revenge plotting with partners, all kinds of bullshit. And it's horrible. Um, my TED talk, if you haven't, Hey, if you have not listened to my TEDx yet, you should, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, but if you go on YouTube or the TED channel and you put in Abby Medcalf, you know, a uh, PhD, my, uh, TED, you know, TEDx or TED talk, it'll pop up and, um, hopefully you like it, give it a like and a view and a whatever. But I talk about the real reason relationships fail. And for me, it all boils down to that point that we're competing. We think communication is the problem, which I'll talk about in sign number five, but it's really this competition that's undermining everything. Okay. So, so yeah, go, go listen to the TED Talk. And while you're over there on YouTube, come on over to the channel, like, subscribe to the, you know, like the video, subscribe. I will tell you that if you're listening on any of the, you know, um, Spotify or Apple or uh, Pandora or wherever that the sound quality is the best best because I'm using my very fancy microphone and my fancy uh, you know software and everything and that is different but when if you're watching it on YouTube I think the sound is very good on YouTube but it's not as perfect as um, you know because I'm it's it's using uh, it is using the fancy mic but it's a little it's a little different how that's all kind of coming together so I think that the we, I have a sound person who goes over the, the podcast that goes up and really cleans it up and makes it spanky. Um, and we don't do that with YouTube videos, but the YouTube videos are good. And you know, if you've been following me there and you get to see right now, my very big hair, I don't even know what's going on with the hair. Okay. Um, but here we go. So let's get to sign number four. Being together is draining. That is an, another, to me, one of the top signs that your relationship might be over. So, and what I mean by that is, I, you know, for myself, when I walk in my house and I shut that door, I have sort of an exhale. I see Gary's car, if it's in the driveway, you know, if he's home first, I'm very happy. I, I'm like, oh, Gary's home. Like it's, and I know I'm going to get greeted at the door, which I love. You know, it's a good feeling. And I, I feel like, oh, I've made it. I'm home. <laughs> Woo, you know, I, I got I got through the day or whatever. I am in my safe place where everyone supports me. The kids, whoever, whenever I see these people, I'm very excited. I'm happy. So, but I'm asking you, how do you feel when you walk into your home? Yeah, thanks for your perfect life, Abby. Fuck you. No, 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 no. We're, we're, it's all love here. You don't have to you don't have to be mad at me. Um, I've worked very hard to get there. And I used to have other feelings when I've walked in my house before. So I know the feeling I'm telling you that, you know, you need to pay attention. Are you so are you driving to your house 
thinking of ways to avoid going in the house? Are you always readying yourself for battle before you walk in the front door? You know, are you like, okay, I got to gird your loins. Here we go. You know, do you just want to be left alone when you get in your home? You know, not have your partner, quote unquote, bug you. Uh, even that, when you think your partner is bugging you all the time, that's a bad sign. That's draining. Uh, maybe dinner often feels like a drag or going out for the day together feels exhausting. You know, when you think of the entire day with your partner, you're just, just done. I want, overall, I really want you to think about your daily interactions with your partner. Are they consistently enervating, draining, exhausting, tiring? Being with our partners I believe should feel like a safe place where we recharge our batteries. That is our person. That is the the, you know, not that we don't have other places we recharge our batteries, not that there's not days when Gary bugs the hell out of me. Hope he's not listening. Nobody tell Gary. Um he knows. You know, yes, there's days I bug the hell out of him. Again, we're not talking about isolated incidents here and there, right? We're talking, I, I hope I've made this very, very clear. I don't want to see any comments like, well, I only had that once. I don't understand why it means my relationship is over. I, I want to pull my hair out when I, I, I don't respond to those kind of comments because they're such bullshit. It's like just shit disturbers looking for something to disagree with. Everyone listening, you know, you if you haven't been here a while, I don't know why you haven't been, you should be, but you know, I'm all about the love. I'm all about, you know, not drawing a, you know, just a big broad brushstroke. I am about really looking at things very realistically. So yeah, you know, give everybody a mulligan. If it happens occasionally, that's fine. But if it's a daily, I mean, hour by hour thing, uh, it's a problem. Your partner should be a place where you feel connection, joy, ease, a vast majority of the time. Now, again, when you're like, if you just had a baby and you're listening, God bless you. I don't know how you have time to listen to a podcast if you just had a baby. But, you know, or if you're in those, first three to four years of, of parenting, I, I see you and it's hard to find the love for our partners sometimes in there. So you're probably more annoyed than usual, mostly because you're sleep deprived. Your whole life's been upended. You know, everything just feels different. So especially I'm talking to the women mostly here, men's whole lives do not get upended generally. I mean, you're the active dads. It's wonderful. But in general, it's the women who are staying home from work longer, who had to carry the baby, for God's sakes, who are dealing with the hormones, who are, you know, give me a break, okay, men? Like, we, we like that you're stepping up, but let's not get crazy about who's really hitting the home runs here. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get so much hate from men for this. Um, I really do. I have a lot of clients who are very involved parents, very, very involved, and it's beautiful and wonderful. Those first few years are generally mostly the women. Um, just if you get real and step back. So, but I'm talking to both of you. So there's probably more annoyance because daddies get sleep deprived too. You know, everybody gets sleep deprived. You're, you know, maybe you're not having sex. You don't feel as connected yet. Yeah, there's a lot there. So I get it. Um, I, I wouldn't, so you might feel more drained by your partner now, but if you also have all the other things, you don't feel like a team, you know, you're feeling all this disgust, all this, there's a bigger problem at afoot. Okay. So, but being a little tired and cranky, we're going to let that go. So, because we all get annoyed with our partners or feel drained every now and then when things are hard, of course. But overall, 
How do you feel on a daily, you know, weekly basis? When you when you think of them or spend time together, are you energized and replenished or drained and exhausted? That's really what I want you thinking about. Okay. And the last sign, sign number five, is that there's no communication at all. And let me be clear what I mean by this. This could this could I this could show up. I think people think no communication, there's all this fighting all the time and they're trying to engage and they can't seem to ever, you know, get on the same page or really get through a conversation. Absolutely. That's a problem, not communicating. But the other side of that is when people stop even trying, when uh, individuals in a couple don't even talk, there's complete apathy, there's silence, there's that stonewalling we talked about as the four horsemen, Um, any of those, or again, when you're trying to talk about something and it ends up uh, confrontational, aggressive, mean, only defensive, that kind of stuff. Either side is that you're not communicating. And I work with a lot of people who fight often with their partners, but they also report times when things feel good, when they can sit down together and really hash something out. What what I see the most is that couples might be fighting over, you know, who's taken out the trash or whether it got taken out. You know, the little things are what's keeping them annoyed. But then when it comes to big decisions like where to send their kids to school or where to live, you know, or whether to take a promotion at work and what it'll mean, they're really able to come together and make decisions, even if they don't agree. Even if, again, like one parent thinks public school and one parent thinks private school or different schools or whatever, there's a way that they can find uh, common ground. And really, I have one wonderful couple um, who they make a spreadsheet, uh, you know, and they kind of list all the pros and cons. They go over it together. They both have these beautifully analytical minds and that helps them sort the information because they do think differently about schooling and come to agreements. And they've been very successful doing that, you know? So even though, yeah, they might fight about the little things, you know, but there's these bigger things that they can come together on where to live, you know, how to overall feelings, again, the values align, overall feelings of what's important um, and how to support each other. You know, those, those things are gold. And so that's how, you know, for me, those couples, I, I can help them get through those little fights. I can help them get out of the daily bickering because the other things are there. So, cause there's still communication, you know, maybe not enough, maybe not, you know, the, what we want all the time, but they're able to do it from time to time. And I, I, and I've said this before, I think couples are often saying they don't communicate because they're not acting as a team and instead are pitted against one another. So of course there's a breakdown in communication. Again, I'm trying to win, not collaborate because I'm competing with you. And in my experience, if you work on the team aspect, you can very quickly have better communication. So if like to me, seeing yourself as a team is the fulcrum, is the lever, is the thing that changes it. It it makes all the rest get better. So, you know, as we're wrapping up, if you're wondering where to start in trying to turn a relationship around, I would always recommend starting there. Always recommend looking at the team aspect first and seeing, can can we create that or can I create that? And what might flow from that? And, you know, I want, so if you're listening, like right now you're listening, right? Hopefully you've gotten to here and you might be gasping. 
And you might be very, you might have a pit in your stomach right now thinking, oh my gosh, this is us. We have all five. Like, this is us. This is my relationship. I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to feel like crap. I don't want you to have that pit in your stomach. I really don't. This isn't about that. This isn't some like doomsday episode. But instead, I do want you to take this seriously and get yourself to an individual therapist ASAP. To me, this is like you, you've you found a lump somewhere and you have to go right to the doctor. You've got, now that you see it, now that you realize you're waking up out of your denial maybe or, or, or you know, familiarity with this issue where it's become so normal, uh, I want you to wake up and really do something. It, and I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound a little controversial or really not what you want to hear, but I don't think this is necessarily a time for couples work. I mean, if you're both there and like, oh my God, let's do this. We're, I'd be shocked. But if you are, I guess great. But usually this is not a time for couples work. It's a time for you to do some individual work first and assess really how you let the relationship get to this point. I mean, think about it. Do you have low self-esteem or low self-confidence and that's why you haven't left before or why you haven't thought of these issues before? Did you see warning signs but ignored them and now you're embarrassed or maybe your family said something years ago and, and you just haven't wanted to prove them right? Are you in? Uh, are you the one acting in some of these ways? Are you acting like, you know, it's a competition or, you know, that where you don't, you openly disrespect your partner's values or something? You know, do you need to look at your resentment, your blame, your anger? Are you thinking the only problem in your relationship is your partner and their bullshit? Well, that's a problem. And I have to tell you, I find that many people go to couples too quickly. It just seems like, oh, we're having trouble. Let's go to couples therapy. And I think it's always important, if you can, to start with yourself and to begin to answer some questions about your responsibility in this relationship before focusing on your partner or the couple. And I can't tell you how many people I've had come to a couple and I'm like, I think you should both go do some individual work or, you know, we maybe even start and then we, we do that. Like, let's both go do individual and then we'll come back um, because there's too much happening there that I can't, you know, the couple's work is not going to get us where we need to go because you're maybe one of you is in your trauma. And you're getting triggered constantly by your partner. There's no amount of therapy I'm going to do with you that's going to cure that. So you need to go take care of this trauma trigger. Not And as a team, not like, oh, that's your problem. You better go take care of that and then we'll be fine. That's bullshit. Just like if someone's drinking or too much or doing drugs or something, there's things that often need to be taken care of enough so that we can be rational and here to do the couple's work, but I never, you know, hopefully should never feel like, well, I'm just the problem. And if I cure this, then we'll be okay. That's, it's always takes two to tango, as we say, it's always about how you've come together and uh, what you've co-created in this relationship. Okay. Always, always about that. So I don't, I also don't want you to blame yourself or get full of self-loathing or any of that. That is never, ever, ever what my broadcasts are meant to do. They are meant to hopefully give you, you know, some, some real love. It's not tough love because I'm not tough on you. I'm real. I, I love you. I think you can get this. I think you can change your life. I know you can. I've seen it. 
with 10, literally at this point, tens of thousands of people. So I know you can do this. I Trust me, you're not a unicorn. You can change your life, but you have to get real about it first. And you can't be a victim and you can't be blaming your partner for your life because that's not going to do it. So you've got to take responsibility first, figure out what you can and can't do, and then make choices from there. Okay. Well, that is it for the week. Thank you all, everyone who wrote in and asked questions uh, and to you know sort of help me put this together. Hopefully this was helpful. Again, not meant to be a doomsday episode. It's meant to be a, I don't know, open your eyes episode and really be thoughtful episode in a good way, not in a, not in a doomsday negative thinking spiral down the rabbit hole way. That is never, ever my intent. Um, so, you know, just think, use your heart and think about what you need to do next. Okay. That is it for today. Thank you as always for spending time with me. It means so much. And I hope you have an amazing week. Know that I am here. I love you. Come say hi to me on YouTube. You know, leave a comment under a video because I I comment back. It's so fun. I get to actually engage with you in a way I don't get to engage in other platforms. All right. Have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.